Hi, Sacred Tension fans. My name is Matt Langston, and I play in a band called Eleventy-Seven. I'm an artist, a producer, and I also host my own podcast right here on Rock Candy called Eleventy Life. We talk with the people behind your favorite songs and albums, from the writers to the producers, and everyone in between. And we're not asking your favorite artists the same old boring questions like, where did your band name come from? And who's your favorite Friends character? We're asking questions like, why did your marriage fail? Where does love come from? Is God real? It is a show about the importance of creativity and pursuing your passions. And we don't let guests leave until it gets a little bit uncomfortable. So check it out right here on Rock Candy and your favorite podcast app. This is Sacred Tension, the podcast about the spiritual discipline of asking questions. My name is Stephen Long. All right, well, so before we get started here, we just have some housekeeping. First of all, this show takes about 10 hours a week in addition to my 40-hour real job between recording, editing, booking shows, producing, writing, all of this stuff amounts to about 10 hours a week. It's work that I love. It's stuff that I want to keep doing, but I really need to start making some more income in order to make it viable, in order to make it sustainable. To that end, my Patreon is now live. You can go to patreon.com forward slash Stephen Bradford Long and there for just $5 a month or even $1 a month for supporting this show and all my other writing over at sbradfordlong.com. You will get a second podcast a week called The House of Heretics in which Justin and I have uh, early morning conversations, unedited conversations about faith and doubt and life and so on, all kinds of stuff. And much of it should probably be edited. Much of it is probably not safe for the public, is not appropriate for public consumption, but there you have it. But <laughs> we are also gearing up to do a lot of other things for patrons as well, like group chats and meditations. And it's already a really cool little community. My patrons message me. They talk to me on, on Messenger. I don't have Twitter. I don't have Facebook on my iPhone, but I do have the Patreon app. And so the best way to get in touch with me instantly is to be a patron. And, and so if you want to support me, really, it is only the cost of one coffee a month. And if you are willing to give up one cup of coffee a month to support a creator you like, then please, please consider giving to my Patreon. Other pieces of news. Matt Langston has a new album. It's called The Rad Science B-Sides, and there will be a link in the description. Uh, I will also play a song from the album at the very end of this show. Well, today I'm talking to Shalise Blythe. She is the director of After School Satan, and she is a National Council member of the Satanic Temple. I think I'm just going to leave it at that, and I'm not going to give any more explanation about who she is or what she does or what After School Satan is. I think it is best for her to describe them in her own words. And with that, I am delighted to give you 
Shalise Blythe. All right. Well, Shalise, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me back. Yeah. So, of course, for longtime listeners of the show, they know you from the Satanic Ritual Abuse episode uh, with Mm -hmm. Sarah, who runs the Gray Faction campaign for the Satanic Temple. But in this case, we are talking about After School Satan. So you are the national director of After School Satan. That is correct. Okay, awesome. I I know that my predominantly Christian audience is losing their shit right now. So (laughs) could you very briefly explain what exactly After School Satan is? Well, so the After School Satan Club is a um, after school program that we've created, we meaning the Satanic Temple, created this to counteract, contrast, and complement pre-existing religious-based after school clubs such as the Good News Clubs, providing an alternative for what's already happening in our schools. Mm. Okay, so there's there's actually some really fascinating history here about after-school mm-hmm. programs and the Supreme Court ruling that allowed especially the Good News Clubs to get into the public school system. I'm wondering if you could kind of tell that story of the after-school or of the uh, Good News Club and what they do, why they're alarming, why we should be worried about them, and also kind of the right-wing shenanigans legally behind the scenes that allowed it to happen with the Supreme Court and so on. It would seem from hopefully everybody's perspective that allowing a religious organization of any kind to be in public schools, because you would think that that is a very clear um, violation of the separation of church and state, but it's really interesting that we do have these religious-based clubs already in schools, and the reason for that goes all the way back to um, the early 90s. So the... um, The Good News Clubs are actually operated by an overall organization called the Children's Evangelism Fellowship, and they have been running um, after-school clubs for quite some time. They have been in existence for a lot longer than that. And so what happened was when, uh, so when I say CEF, um, that's just, you know, Child Evangelism Fellowship. It's a mouthful, so I'll just abbreviate. Mm. Um, So when CEF volunteers applied um, to hold a Good News Club in uh, Milford Central School, which which is in New York, back in 1992, uh, the school denied their application. Since the club's stated purpose is uh, having a fun time of, you know, singing songs, hearing Bible lessons, memorizing scripture, and that was deemed to be equivalent of religious worship, which uh, violated that district's regulations under the New York state law. So they, they gave them a reason that because of your stated purpose, we are not going to allow this, this uh, after-school club to happen. So the volunteers for um, the Good News Club, uh, they filed suit against the district and the wonderful, I say wonderful with a uh, very much disdain, the Liberty Council, uh, with their help, they filed suit against the district, alleging that this denial uh, of their application violated their free speech rights under the First Amendment. So they did not make an argument that had anything to do with religious freedom. They actually deemed it a violation of their freedom of speech. Mm. So this went through the court system. Um, A preliminary ruling in their favor happened, and then there was a subsequent denial from the district courts. So this back and forth kept happening, which eventually kicked it up to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court ruled, uh, which had, which the the majority opinion was written by, um, 
Oh, Clarence Thomas, I do believe. Um, And in their ruling, the Supreme Court concluded that the exclusion of religious after-school clubs in a public school uh, where secular after-school clubs were granted use of the facilities, it it constituted an impermissible viewpoint of discrimination. So Mm. essentially what what they argued was that you know, there there are already these after-school clubs of these outside organizations coming in and using the space because uh, uh, the public school is considered a limited public forum. So anybody has, you know, the right to use it within, you know, the bounds of the law. So with the existence of secular type-based clubs, denial of the good news clubs or religious-based clubs was discrimination. So this ruling pretty much opened the door uh, for all religious-based clubs to come in and uh, indoctrinate our children. And it's, it's, it's upsetting. I mean, I, you know, I, I absolutely don't uh, agree with it. If you're somebody who, you know, even if you are somebody who is of the Judeo-Christian faith, I, I think there's an appreciation there that, you know, when children go to school, they're there to learn and to be, um, you know, to not have other people come in and indoctrinate your children into other religious viewpoints, but they're yes. also there to learn. And that's, that's not where you, you know, that's not where they get their religious teachings. Their religious teachings are um, supposed to be coming from the home and they're supposed to be coming from the, whichever place of worship you have. So mm. because of the Supreme Court ruling, it just, it, it opened the doors. So um, it started with having a few good news clubs sprinkled around here and there. And as of today, they have over 3,000 operational uh, clubs throughout the United States. And and this has caused a lot of turmoil. So, you know, without, without the Satanic Temple's uh, help, I guess, in bringing this issue to light, the, the, the bully tactics and, you know, the Liberty Council constantly at the defense and, you know, making sure that uh, as many good news clubs have the ability to operate in schools as possible. Um, This has torn some communities apart. Mm. Um, There are many, many stories of, you know, various communities seeing these, um, these clubs come into their communities and with the, with the indoctrination and with the way these children are cheated and the things that they're actually teaching them in these, in these clubs, you know, even, even Christian parents um, have said this is absolutely crazy and I can't believe this happens in schools and that these people are prying on our children. So, you know, a lot of the upset is not just from people who have atheistic backgrounds or atheistic families or, you know, agnostic families. I mean, this is coming from people of all walks of life and all viewpoints um, because the, the Child Evangelism Fellowship, I mean, these are not mainstream Christians. These people are very, very old school. I mean, the stuff that they teach is very hellfire and brimstone and they take the Bible quite literally. So they do not have a very sane view on on the religious texts and the the way in which they use use fear and shame and they use that to convince or to actually, not convince, but to scare children into their point of view. Mm. And it's not, it's not they're not teaching things that are already being taught in the home by those uh, by the parents of those children, they want to convert them. So, you know, even if you have a child who, yeah, so their point is not to help bolster and to help 
uh, expand uh, the religious teachings that are already be taught in the home, their purpose is to indoctrinate and also to convert. Yeah. So, then um, that should be upsetting to, um, you know, anybody who, you know, does come from a Judeo-Christian background or, you know, that's what they're teaching their children at home. And then all of a sudden, you know, they, they think that, you know, oh, it's just a harmless Bible study class. And, oh, I think this will be great for my child after the, you know, for an after school activity. Mm. Um, you know, on, on the surface, it seems harmless enough because that's how they, uh, you know, it's, it's a good news club, you know, the good news of the, of the scripture of, you know, the words of, of, uh, you know, of our savior. So on the surface, it seems very benign, but the, the tactics in which they use and the actual content of their curriculum is, uh, should be horrifying to anybody, no matter their, um, no matter their background and what they're teaching at home. Yeah. You know, I was actually just before we started recording, I was reading some of their crazy literature and mm-hmm. and some of the bullshit that they tell small children. Things like when and I'm going to misquote this, but but things like when you don't like what your mom and dad cook for you for dinner and you complain that's sin and sin is punishable by death and you will go to hell for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. And mm-hmm. and And, you know, as someone who was kind of raised in a setting like that, where hell was was very real, hell was not fantasy to me as a child. It was very real. And it absolutely terrified me. It tortured me, you know. And then Mm -hmm. as a teenager, you know, I was um, I was raised very Calvinistic and the Calvinists believe in the elect, which is the idea that God ordains some people from before time to go to heaven and to hell. But there's really no way to know if you're one of the elect or not. And so I would stay awake at night, staring at the ceiling, wondering if I was one of the elect or not. And it fucked me up. You know, yep. and, and so this hell, yeah. this hell stuff and telling telling this to kids is so destructive. And so that's mm-hmm. and that is why we need Satanists. Um, <laughs> that's, and, and so tell me, tell me some and tell my listeners some about uh, what the after school Satan program offers as an alternative. Yeah. So um, just to kind of give an idea of, you know, the overall, you know, purpose of, of After School Satan, um, you know, the, the, you know, we have, we have constantly been championing um, in all of our, in all of our campaigns, you know, if, if people are familiar with the Baphomet statue or, you know, anything else that's going on uh, that it's, you know, very public with the Satanic Temple, you know, we are very much for the separation of church and state. Yes. So, you know, we believe that, you know, it's, you know, religion itself should not be taught in schools, um, period. I mean, these aren't, uh, these aren't school sponsored, uh, necessarily, um, you know, these are outside people coming in and using the facilities, but children don't understand that difference. They don't, you know, if something is taught in school, it doesn't matter that it's after school. They, they think it to be fact because, you know, they, you know, they're, they're in school, you know, why? And so, and a lot of the times teachers who work at that school are volunteers for good news clubs. So in the mind of a child, why would their teacher lie to them no matter what they're learning about, whether they're learning about math or whether they're learning about God. Mm. So, and they, of course they utilize that. They, they know this, you know, they, they're purposely prying on children um, as, you know, as young as four or five years old because they, they do just inherently trust, you know, their, their elders. Um, and they kind of take things at uh, face value. And they're also very 
susceptible to uh, adults scaring them into things. So all that being said, mm-hmm. you know, so the Satanic Temple itself is, is a non-theistic religious organization. And what we do is, you know, in, in our religious views, we promote common sense, justice, rational inquiry, critical thinking, and basing one's understanding of the world um, on the best available scientific evidence. And so, you know, as Satanists, um, you know, the, the figure of Satan itself, it's it's not real. We, we don't worship a, a literal uh, devil there. Uh, we are very atheistic in that view. It's really, Satan is really just a metaphor, uh, a metaphor for the ultimate rebel against the ultimate tyrant and uh, the unbowed spirit. And it's not a literal figure to be deemed the arbiter of all that is evil. Those deeply held beliefs that I had mentioned before, the critical thinking, basing one's understanding of the world uh, on the best available scientific evidence, um, you know, we see a merit for that to be offered as an alternative uh, to the indoctrination practices. So we created the after school Satan Club, uh, where we do a lot of activities that have to do with science, critical reasoning, problem solving, creative expression. And the goal is, is not to proselytize, recruit, or teach children about Satanism. There's actually no religious teachings in our curriculum, um, and there is no mention of Satan or, or any anything like that in our curriculum. Um, our, our goal is to provide a very strongly needed alternative for both parents and children uh, that is educational, uh, fun, and most uh, importantly, is free from harmful rhetoric. Um, We are not indoctrinating uh, students. We are not trying to create little Satanists. Um, Our goal is to take things that we do know about the world, you know, things very much based in reality and providing something that, um, you know, that the the parents and the children can feel good knowing that what they're learning is not only going to, you know, be, be based in reality, but also not conflict with whatever other teachings are going on in the home. So any child, no matter their religious backgrounds, because we're not teaching religion, can, you know, come and you know, be a part of our club because we are, you know, teaching things about, you know, community, you know, community service, how to rationalize through problems, um, mm. you know, stuff like that. So that's the kind of things that we teach um, using, you know, very basic, fun, creative ways, um, you know, that are you know, graspable to, uh, you know, children as young as, you know, elementary age uh, kids. So that's, um, that's what's, happening at the after school singing clubs. That's awesome. If I had kids, which I should never mm-hmm. have, but if I had <laughs> them, <laughs> I would send them to after school Satan. So this is kind of an, as I'm, as I'm hearing you talk, there are several things that come up. Oh, one, sure. one of which is one of the things that I like about the satanic temple is that they use the tools and the schemes of the far right to their advantage to make a, in my view, to make a point about religious freedom, because it seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong about any of this, but it seems like the far right, it seems like evangelical Christianity in general tends to think of religious rights as their own rights, and they don't necessarily have a concept of religious freedom means religious freedom for everyone, not just them. Mm -hmm. And so they always seem really astonished and kind of stunned when other religious groups like the Satanic Temple use their ploys against them, or at the very least, to include religious voices 
choices that they deem to be unacceptable. But it's ultimately a statement about religious freedom in this country. And it's turning, kind of, it's like turning the game on them. And I love that ploy. And that's one of the things that the temple does often that I really, really love. Am I, am I right in, in what I'm seeing? Well, I mean, we, what we do is we just, we, we don't allow for one voice to dominate over everyone else's. So, um, it's not necessarily about being tricksters or pranksters. It's more about seeing a, um, a predominant voice in the public sphere taking advantage of that and saying, well, we would like to, um, engage in our own rights as well. And so when Satanists stand up for themselves and they engage in the public sphere and they have as much much as a stand in things as, you know, every other, or, you know, the predominant voice, um, it makes people question about whether or not that predominant voice has a place in that particular arena. Mm. So, you know, you see this with, uh, you know, like after school clubs or even in um, giving invocations before city council meetings or having religious displays on public uh, grounds, such as, uh, you know, what we see with the Ten Commandment statues and with our Baphomet statue. You know, it's, it's a reminder that, you know, we share this country uh, with everybody and that, you know, if you're going to allow um, this encroachment of a religious voice in a place where, um, you know, our constitution says that there needs to be a clear delineation, Mm. you know, make sure that when you are fighting for the right of the uh, religious inclusion um, in that sphere, that that's the inclusion of everybody, not just one. And so this is what we implement a lot when it comes to our, when we get publicly involved with our campaigns. So, you know, religious reproductive rights, uh, the Baphomet campaign, after school Satan, these are all ways in which we point a lot, we exercise our own rights uh, as Satanists, as citizens, but it also, you know, makes people question whether or not they do want that encroachment, because if they do, then they are so in the understanding that means for everybody, not just one. Mm, um, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's not necessarily, yeah, so I, I, I would consider it that more than, um, but yeah, I mean, it is, it is something you see with um, uh, extremist voice on any part of, on any spectrum so whether that's far left far right um, any extremist view where one voice is trying to drown out the other or others you know it's it's a good it's a good way of reminding that others exist and have the same rights as you do you know absolutely yeah so in other words it isn't just performance art like this is this comes out of very real deeply held beliefs and convictions oh absolutely yeah and mm-hmm. I think that's something that's often missed where yeah. it is isn't just trolling. I think a lot of people look at the satanic temple and assume that it's just trolling. And what I often find myself saying is, no, people are Satanists even when they are alone in their basement. This isn't just to, right. <laughs> this isn't this isn't just to piss off the Christians, but this is to create a broader inclusiveness that includes Christians and is and more <laughs> is is the way I understand it. Yeah, well, and it's not like we're the only religion that exists where there's no supernaturalism to it. I mean, I think people have accepted, uh, you know, a religion like Buddhism as being legitimate. You know, there's no uh, supernatural aspect to it. So, um, yeah, the, the idea of religion belonging just to supernaturalists, I mean, that's just not the world we live in anymore, and that's really not, it, it, it's not really the reality of what religion is. I mean, you know, we have the same things of a religion, you know, without, without this concept of a supernatural being, we have everything that a religion has. It 
Uh, it provides, you know, narrative structure for which we contextualize our lives and our works. Um, there's a body of symbolism and practice. Um, there's identity, culture, community, shared values. We have all of these aspects that every religion has. We just don't use um, some fiery demon in the in the underworld as, a, you know, as as this. Um, tactic or this this force to kind of scare us into you know believing that you know satan is symbolic of you know our constant opposition to arbitrary authority and you know always defending our 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 rights and our personal sovereignty and you know there's satan lucifer this this um this literary character um and in the story of, of what you know lucifer represents i mean that that is seen all throughout human history and it's it's something that we can always identify with and so that that is why you know that is why we you know use satan as that as that symbol but yeah it with without without having to bow down before another another god of some type um you know we have we have all those other aspects to it uh so you know we 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 believe that we are very much a religion just as much as any judeo-christian religion is too yeah absolutely i agree yeah well and and so when it comes to you know kind of going back to after school satan and and why satanists uh have uh, found a value in even uh, getting ourselves involved in this. So, you know, we're talking about young children and we're talking about, you know, they're they're in this developmental stage where they're they're curious about the world and they're getting to know this world and, you know, they rely heavily on their their so two things. Um, they're, they're already naturally curious about the world. You know, for people who do have children, they, they understand that, you know, children, they, they are so curious about this world. They know nothing of it and they want all that information, you know, constantly asking questions, you know, always challenging authority. Um, you know, that, that's just inherent in them and that's part of their process. And, um, but they're also relying on the adults around them to give them that information in a non-biased view. And, you know, they take that information and they come to their own conclusions about it as to whether or not, because they already know how to think critically. It's just a lot of indoctrination and a lot of bad, a lot of bad teachings from various aspects of their lives kind of, kind of puts that on hold and it kind of makes them unlearn that natural ability. With after school Satan, not only are we are we teaching, are we providing curriculum that's that's taking their inherent nature of constantly questioning and con- and you know and wanting to know more about the world. It's it's not only bolstering that, so it's it's exposing them to something that's other. So you know, depending on how old they are, they hear the word Satanist. You know, it's like after school Satan, and um, it's got that it's got that bite behind it. It's got that culture cultural bite and the purpose of exposing them even just to the word and even just to the people who identify as such uh, without even having religion being into the conversation it exposes them to the other and it it teaches them that just because something is other doesn't mean it's it's bad you know and I like to say especially since you know I have taught my own after school Satan club you know they 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 have this idea that something's going to be bad because of something their teacher said or a friend said or something you know it's just like oh satan like that's scary and then they come to class and they realize we're just as boring as all the other adults in their lives and then it's just like oh okay well um 
like, oh, they're they're just as nice as the other adults in my lives, or they're just as boring, and yeah, they may look a little weird, but other than that, there's there's nothing about them that's scary. So exposing them to that, so exposing them to that has the benefit of them thinking about things like that in the future with that same kind of openness. Mm. So seeing other not as bad, but seeing other as a question mark. And I think that if everybody were taught that at a young age, then, you know, there would be a lot less satanic panic and there would be a lot less phobias of of all different types you know if you if you meet something without fear and meet it instead with a i want to learn more about this uh that's valuable Mm. and again i mean that's valuable from any for any child from any background i'm so glad that you bring up that point about exposing children to the other i'm a member of the satanic temple and one of the reasons why and i'm often asked why when i first became a member of the of the temple i i was planning on it being a very quiet kind of personal decision and that lasted like a day i'm very bad at keeping secrets <laughs> and so of course everyone knows now and mm-hmm. when when people ask me about it i tell them okay well what do you feel when you hear the word satan and they tell me, you know, one person said that's like having a, a temple in the name of say or in the name of a that's like having a temple in the name of Hitler or that's like having a you know, mm. you know, all manner of, you know, intensely visceral, deep reactions. And then I and then I say, OK, so take note of that reaction that you're having inside of your body right now and realize that is the exact same reaction that people have had through the centuries to minorities, to women, to LGBT people, to people of color, to other religions, to anyone other. And these people groups have always been condemned as the children of Satan here in Western countries. And the whole point for me personally, and this is just my personal thing, part of the reason why I love the identity of Satanist is it is a statement that those deep-seated intuitions that we have about the other are wrong. <laughs> those those deep-seated mm-hmm. intuitions that we have about other people are often wrong and we can't trust them. And And so taking on the name Satan and being a decent human being is simply a statement about about judge choosing to judge people based on their concrete actions and not on their status and their social status in any way and exposing kids to that i think is really awesome that's really really cool yeah well i mean it's you know when it comes to you know you know the the power that that the word Satan has. I mean, it wasn't actually until recently, maybe within the last hundred years, that Satanists were actually self-identified Satanists. Um, you know, Satanists were Jews. They were exactly. the pagans. Exactly. They were they were Muslims. They were Satanists. Have always been the other throughout human or history. So people. even before. 
or yeah, yeah, or you know the LGBTQ community, or um, you know any anybody. So you know, in, embracing embracing the name Satan, embracing the identity of Satan is really just to embrace your other status, exactly, and that being okay. So um, yeah, so when you have self-identified Satanists, you know, around, I mean, you know, because you know, we we all have kids too. I mean, it's not like it's not like we're just a bunch of you know these these you know single creatures living in our lair and be like children. What are those? Or you don't, or you Um, don't sacrifice all of them. You you have to keep a few. Right, right, right. I'll I'll cut that joke out. That's very (laughs) that's very distasteful. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, I love it. You, yeah. I mean, considering all the like the SRA stuff, like we have to joke about it at this point. (laughs) There's so many dead baby jokes that happen around because it's just like like you just you have to, you know. Um, The only way to cope. It's really the only way to cope. But um, but yeah. when, when it comes to, you know, when it, so when it comes to the after school Satan club, you know, children being exposed to that other, um, you know, it's, it's really beneficial because they take that, you know, what they've learned about, you know, this is what I learned about this other and they apply that to the future others down the road, whether that's, you know, whatever new group gets Satanized in the future, or whether that's, you know, the groups that are still Satanized in our cultures, you know, it's very valuable. So that's kind of the basis of what we are offering. Now, kind of going back to this, you know, to our, so, you know, we, we get a lot of questions about, okay, so you're not teaching religion, but you're also bringing, you know, Satanists into school, aren't you guys, you know, all about the separation? of church and state, like, why are you guys doing this? Mm -hmm. Um, What's the benefit? The way we see it is there's a lot of benefits to what we're doing. First and foremost, um, bringing attention to the fact that there are groups such as the Good News Clubs that are currently in our schools indoctrinating and scaring and recruiting our children. That needs to be known um, because a lot of people just have no idea. It's starting to gain a little bit more, um, some more sight uh, via the, you know, in the public view, um, which is really important. And I hope that everyone eventually knows what's going on uh, with these good news clubs and they know exactly what these people are doing to their children. So exposure to what's currently, what currently exists and offering an alternative to what currently exists or what'll happen is what, what we would really like people to do is ask themselves, what is the value of having this? Yes, there is a Supreme Court decision that said that by law, this is, you know, this is legal. They can do this. But is that really really what we want. Do we want to have these doors open to these groups so that anybody like that can come in? And so, you know, people hear good news clubs and Bible study, and it doesn't really raise much of an eyebrow. But, you know, the second that, a, you know, the Satanists come in and they say, well, we under under equal protection under the law, um, the way these are written, we absolutely have the same right as these other groups. We, we really want people to ask themselves, what is the value? And if that means means that it shuts it down for not only ourselves, but the evangelical groups. I mean, we consider that a win as well, Mm. because we have always stood for the concept of everybody or nobody. Mm. And so we've seen this um, a few times when we first uh, announced After School Satan back in 2016, uh, we did have some clubs in operation. There were a couple of schools we applied to that, you know, did 
did agree and did understand that, you know, because they were allowing good news clubs to operate that they, you know, by law had to allow us in and there were no issues. I mean, some, some of the clubs did get a little bit of pushback, got a little bit of the run around, but, you know, were able to successfully run their clubs for that school year. And, um, you know, we did have some instances of, of school districts basically just telling us no for no other reason than just of who we are. And then we did have one school district that decided that they did not want to deal with any of it. So they did shut down the, um, you know, all of the religious based <laughs> uh, clubs. So, you know, and, and that we can, so, I mean, that meant that we were told no, but that also meant that a school was not, uh, did not have to put up with a good news club that year. So right. either way, whether or not, you know, we were able to provide that alternative or whether our presence makes that community say we don't want any in our schools um, we consider that a win-win because again it comes down to this concept of everybody or nobody and you know our preference obviously would be have nobody I mean if we had a system you know if we we're applying to these schools and all these districts decided to, you know, change their, um, you know, change their policies to disallow religious based clubs simply because they don't want us there. You know, that's, that's fine. So long as it applied to everybody, but you know, for those who, you know, want, want these clubs, um, in, in their schools and, you know, the communities are coming to us saying, you know, we, we want this alternative, then we have this alternative available uh, for them. And so I think a, a really important point to make about this also is that, you know, we're not just coming in wherever we see fit. Um, you know, one, we only, we, we're only providing our after-school Satan club to schools that already have pre-existing religious-based clubs like the Good News clubs mm. in there. So if, if the school does not have any type of Good News club, or usually they have like a beach club is another one, uh, we will not, we, we, we will not step foot there. We, we, we consider that to not be be an issue but mm. you know so we're, we're only looking to provide the alternative for ones that are pre-existing and then um what other people don't realize is that a lot a lot of people are asking for us um i i am sifting through at least 10 to 15 requests a day from concerned parents, uh, especially now that the school year has started. And it's very quiet during the summertime, but once school year starts, um, so, uh, a lot of schools will actually send home with the children after the first day of school um, these like little newsletters about you know the different activities that are going on. Hmm. And so I, I keep getting these screenshots or these these pictures from these parents who are um, you know seeing this good news clubs flyers and they're saying what the hell is this and you know them looking it up and then seeing that you know we you know we exist and we have this alternative so constantly getting um you know requests for us to set up our after school satan club so that their kids can go to that instead of a, a good news club so um it's it's very um widely requested um more so awesome. than i think well, yeah more so than i think people realize you know when we first got started we were we we only made the curriculum 
Elam an ability to set up a club available to pre-existing chapters. So if there was a chapter of the Satanic Temple in that area, then they could do it. But if you didn't have a chapter in your area, that you know we didn't make it available. But last year, we rolled out our volunteer program. And so the volunteer program is really great because if you are somebody who you know has a good news clubs in your area and you, you know that there are you know kids that want an alternative parents that want an alternative and you um, you know you really want to you know have that available you can volunteer to you know run that club without a current uh, chapter so our volunteers are trained and they go through the same background check process you know everything the same as we would expect of anybody who would be you know teaching our clubs and and teaching the curriculum but it it, it really opens the doors for those that you know when we first rolled this out everyone saw it in the news and they were like oh we would love one here but because we didn't have a chapter in the area it wasn't available but now it is mm. so um yeah so that was that was really exciting um to do and that's that's still available for anybody um who's listening or who's interested you know and you don't you don't have to be also a satanist a self-identified satanist to to volunteer to be this um we have a lot of volunteers who um are you know from the secular community the christian community people who just really see the value in not only what we're teaching but also the idea behind it. Absolutely. That's fantastic. For anyone who's interested, where can they find your, where can they find more resources on this? So we have a website. It's just afterschoolsatan.com. And um, afterschoolsatan.com has a lot of information about, you know, uh, who we are, why we exist. You know, the Liberty Council, they're the ones who made all of this possible. Hmm. Um, also, where where to find, you know, current operating uh, clubs and also donating. So, uh, you know, part of part of this, too, I mean, it's, it's expensive. So people who, you know, really like what we're doing, but, you know, they, they themselves don't want to volunteer or whatever the case may be um there is a way to donate um you know even just like twenty dollars to good uh, after school satan club and that money goes to helping us provide the you know the, the the insurance coverage that's required for whenever you rent a facility um you have to have insurance so it helps cover that uh some of the supplies that that we use and and stuff like that so you know if if you want to help you know, if you want to help support the club with indirectly um that would that's always a really good place to to do too for for something that seems very small it's pretty expensive so i can imagine yeah well shalise this has been fabulous thank you so much for coming back i've so appreciated it yeah thank you for having me i really appreciate it all right well so uh in case this episode leaves people with more questions about satanism i do have three other episodes with members of the satanic temple i have one with shalise and sarah Pont, uh, Sarah Ponto Rivera is. Am I getting her name right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, one with. Yeah, Sarah Ponto Rivera. Beautiful, uh, about gray faction, which is about combating satanic panic, and then I have a two-part series with Greg. Uh, who is a Satanist and he kind of breaks down the seven tenets of the Satanic Temple and he actually I have three episodes with Greg two where he breaks down the seven tenets of the Satanic Temple and then another one where he takes questions from my audience so if you have more questions about Satanism those would be a great place to start also please go to the satanictemple.com where you can read about all of their campaigns uh, if you're interested in going to one of their chapters they have a listing of chapters uh, they have 
have additional reading. They have all kinds of fantastic resources. They also have a really awesome merch store where you can go buy satanic mugs with witches on them. So that is it for our show. The music is by the Jelly Rocks from the album Bang and Whimper. You can find it on iTunes and wherever you listen to music. The artwork is by Justin Dozier Bryant. This show is written and edited by me, Stephen Long, and this show is a production of Rock Candy Recordings. And I will see you next week. Where do you go? You may-